to The Polygon Show. I'm Simone DeRochefort, and I'm here today with Allegra Frank. Hello. And Chelsea Stark. Hello. Yay. We have an exciting accident for you today. Uh, I lied. I lied to Chelsea. I lied to her face mm -hmm. via Slack. Can I interrupt before you talk about your lie? Yeah. I want to get get an update on your play because you've been talking about it on the show. Oh shit! And you both came to see it. Yeah, I yeah. just realized that's a thing we can all talk about before we wow. get into lies. You're interrupting my lies. <laughs> I'm sorry. Before we decide that we hate each other, what you did lied. you guys think of my show? <laughs> what if we're both like it was shit? It was. Simone, we brought you here today to tell you intervention. That you wasted your time. No. Um, <laughs> No, it was cute. I, it was it at was this. Cute. Um, no, it was at. <laughs> it this, was cute because there were many cute ladies in it. That's true. It was at this really cute. What is it? A church? It's a church. Yeah. At, like I'm calling it cute because it was like partitioned off, mm -hmm. so it was like this very small area in the front. Yeah. And then we ate snacks behind the partition. We did. did. That's I for later on in the show. The balcony. <laughs> Raise the partition, please. Um, wait, what is it? Driver really roll up the partition. Impression. <laughs> Yeah. Raise the partition, please. Um, <laughs> uh, thankfully, oh that God. did not happen <laughs> during the show. We, we, so we saw lovely the lovely Shakespeare play Troilus and Cressida because uh, Simone was stage manager, and an all women cast made that show. I thought I thought the they're so the play is so interesting because they uh, the director took all of Shakespeare's this play and reworked it so it feels natural that it's all women. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, like every line of dialogue that makes a reference to maleness has been stripped down and Hell yeah. remade as female and damn if that's not the best satisfying thing ever. Yeah, it was like very queer in that way which was really mm -hmm. cool. There mm -hmm. was, I thought it was interesting because like they kept using like female pronouns um, throughout which was cool but then they also still called like people prince mm -hmm. but I actually really liked that choice. yeah yes. we did and by we I mean uh, the director uh, made it so that the distinction in the society is less about gender and more about a position and hierarchy so everyone who is a warrior would be like like Prince Troilus or Lord this and that but then um, you have Cressida and Lady Pandarus, um, who, which is a role that I don't understand how it was ever a man, because <laughs> Pandarus is basically this like in the original is Cressida's creepy old uncle who's like, Ugh. girl, you have to look at Troilus. He's <laughs> so hot. I'm gonna hook you guys up, and you're gonna fuck. Oh my god. And that makes so much sense with what we did, where. Um, Pandarus is Cressida's cousin, who is a woman, and they're like same age ish, and yeah. like that looking at all the cute soldier girls. I oh, can't yeah. imagine. Yeah. yeah, that scene is so much weirder if it's an uncle who's right? like, "Let me introduce you to all the soldiers that are coming in." Oh, excuse me, Troilus is the most fantastic soldier. <laughs> Holy crap! I, I didn't would even live think and about that. Die in the eyes of Troilus. Oh, that's <laughs> some good dialect. Ah, yeah, it's it's wild. Um, so it really does work well as an all woman play. Um, it was including being very hot. Oh, uh, yes, very hot, very hot stage action combat. Hot blood begets hot thoughts. Hot thoughts beget hot deeds, and hot deeds is love. Mm. Shakespeare knows how to write <laughs> him. Sometimes he really, he really did. Um, okay, can I 
say there was one part that really scared me, which I think I mentioned to you. Yeah. The person who was playing, I think, was it? It was it was Ajax. Mm-hmm. They would get she would get very into it. And there was one part where she like had to knee Hector or something. And the fight choreography was really good and like generally convincing. I think mm-hmm. it was Hector. Yeah, um, because she has a very big fight with Hector. Yes. And then they realize that they are cousins and cannot fight. Right. And yeah. so that like one of the things she did, I think she like need Hector or something. And I thought that she actually made contact with Hector's nose. Yes. So I was freaking <laughs> out. And then when like Hector got up, it she was like holding her nose mm-hmm. and I was like, is it bleeding? And for the rest of the show, I was like, oh my God, she literally is bleeding. She really <laughs> broke her nose. It really freaked me out. That's called acting Allegra. <laughs> <laughs> I was very nervous. Um, oh my God. The, yeah. yeah, there were so many fantastic scenes, and I already I already shared Thank with you guys you. privately how much I really liked Ulysses, who mm-hmm. is uh, as most normal people know, Odysseus. <laughs> most normal people? <laughs> I'm sorry. Wow. Good Odysseus, Odysseus the main the character of the Odyssey, uh, you know, so is a, a just kind of like this well-spoken, well-thought uh, character. And Brainiac. <laughs> Brainiac. Brainiac monster who has pages of dialogue mm-hmm. and uh, the actress who played Ulysses is just so, it was so fantastic and had all these really awesome like soliloquies that I was just like, oh Yeah. Yeah, I she nails those, and I don't know how she does it because like so many of them are ah, they're so dense. <laughs> they're so dense, and Shakespeare's particularly can be just so hard to understand if you're just hearing it and not mm-hmm. reading it and parsing it and having the moment to pause mm-hmm. and parse. Yeah, and I feel like I'm like, but each breath she put into like each syllable and thought and like mm-hmm. action was so like de- delicate and detailed. I often need like a mix of both for Shakespeare because hearing it spoken sometimes but by somebody who knows what they are saying, mm-hmm. then you realize like, oh, that's it's it makes total sense. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. whereas seeing it on the page, it's very easy to get lost in the punctuation in the sentences. But then you're right, you do sometimes need that moment to sit there and be like, what? <laughs> and like sound <laughs> it out for yourself. Yeah. Oh, but yeah, Sam's really good at that. I really am so glad that you guys came. I appreciate it a lot. It was really nice to see you up in the balcony with your little headset. Creeping down on you. Yeah. (laughs) My little headset. (laughs) My creepiest moment when I ran to the bathroom and Simone texted me, you better get back there. This is the last song. Because we have pre-show music and intermission music, and I saw them all come in, and I saw them sitting in the front row. And And then I saw Chelsea leaving, and I was like, this is the last song. Oh, oh yeah! The show starts. What is she doing? You texted me and you're like, I can't believe we drove Chelsea out already. <laughs> Just had to find the bathroom, which was hidden below the bowels of the church. Yep, it's a strange venue. Mm-hmm. Uh, shared New York space. I loved Yay. it. I loved it. I loved every part of that. Um, yeah, and that the best part was that we came so late that we didn't get to grab dinner. So yes, that's why we uh, we Whoops. went to a CVS across the street because we're in the Upper East Side, and. <laughs> ate a bunch of snacks behind the partition during wow. intermission. We were not rude. But, you know, the show started at 8 p.m. Uh, we were waiting for this one to finish her Area 51 interviews. Yeah. Oh, God. This may be my last episode, depending on if I die. If you get beamed up or not. Yeah. Nice. Well. Anyway, you told a lie. Actually, this is a good moment to take a quick break. <laughs> now... 
that you've waited so long, I can tell you what I lied about. I told Chelsea yesterday in Slack. Please read, read the exact the words that I said. The transcript. Me, Simone, 5.48 p.m. I'm going to try to start telling lies tonight. <laughs> Chelsea, yes, yes, yes. Simone, dot, dot, dot. The game. <laughs> um, but indeed, it was not the game, for I did tell a lie. I didn't play the game telling lies yet. No, no. <sighs> so what happened was I, I did buy it that week that you first talked about it. But uh, I was playing it on my 2015 13-inch MacBook Pro, and it was stuttering a lot. And at first, I wasn't sure if it, because it was like during the intro sequence, and I thought maybe this is a stylistic thing. But then during the actual video, the like the very first video, um, it did a lot of, like the video lagged behind the audio, and I was like, that's definitely not supposed to happen. Uh. Um, so I cleared off my computer, but it was really late at night. This was still when I was in rehearsal, uh, really late. So I didn't end up playing it again that night. Um, so I need to figure out, I need to try it again on that laptop. And if not, I'm going to do it on um, the Polygon gaming laptop. But I did not start telling lies yet. And I'm sorry. You made an, a valiant effort. I tried yeah. a while mm -hmm, ago. Mm -hmm. A while ago. But it, it led to this fun situation where I told Chelsea I was going to play Telling Lies. And she said to herself, I said to you out loud, actually, I said, great, because I finished Control this weekend and I played a short hike as a palate cleanser. Whoops. I said I to totally you, forgot that that happened. Out loud. And you said, oh, I might... Hmm. I remember I own a short hike is what I heard you say. You did Inception on me. <gasps> yep. <laughs> oh, my God. Chelsea inceptioned me. This is why I don't work at Polygon anymore because I don't get incepted. Oh, my <laughs> Am God. Am I the only one that can incept people? Yeah, it's just a Polygon trait. I've been We're safe downstairs. Before. I like how you say inceptioned. Yeah, inceptioned. <laughs> One time I was inceptioned to eat all of my best friend's food, which was very tragic. <laughs> now that sounds like an issue where you thought the food was going to go to waste, so you ate it. No, they had cooked and there was some left and they told me I could have some when I got home and Somewhere along the way in my brain that warped into, I need to eat all of this. <laughs> <laughs> and I ate it all. And then I was like, oh, shit, no. <laughs> um, but they forgave me. We're still friends to this day. Anyway. That would the be point hard is, to forgive. I'm just <laughs> I know. I know. I felt, especially because that's like my biggest pet peeve as well is if something happens to my food I I also get lose so it. angry I get so angry <laughs> I I very much volunteer that people eat my food so no. you guys can come over and eat no. my food whenever you want I remember in college a friend ate all of the cheese that I had purchased and then I would have killed them I was so mad and then he said no look I brought you a new box the next day and then they ate the whole box of new <laughs> cheeses oh, in front of me <laughs> and I said you are banned from my house kind of sounds like they just wanted cheeses <laughs> that's so themselves. bad why would they do that precious commodity cheeses oh. are very important to me okay but tell me about a short hike because I am yes. super stoked about that game I read Nicole's piece on Polygon about it 
Um, but I've also read there was a piece on The Verge about it a couple weeks ago as well. That was more like a preview. Mm-hmm. So please Chelsea, tell do you me want to introduce us to a short hike? Yes, I will. A short hike is a lovely little game about a bird named Claire who is going to an island with her aunt, who is a camp ranger, park ranger at the island, and it is like scenic and beautiful. But all Claire can focus on is the fact that she is supposed to receive a cell phone call, and there's no cell reception on this beautiful, picturesque island. Oh. Um, and it is very much like a low poly animal crossing is how I would describe the aesthetic. Mm-hmm. It is really pretty, but mm-hmm. just kind of like visually a little, you know, just low poly. Um, and instead you are basically like, well, you can get cell reception at the top of the mountain, but on the way it is just like an island full of distractions and small pleasures. And you're just kind of, kind of your mission is to enjoy those without being a mission at all, really. Yeah. Yeah, you start off and you meet people who aren't really like telling you to do things, but they offer <laughs> opportunities. And then you see coins and treasure chests just lying around. And also the paths are very winding. So there are signs that will take you, you know, straight to Hawk Peak. But it's so easy to be like, oh, well, Meteor Lake. Shoot, well, let me go off and see what's over there. Ah, mm-hmm. the, the Good Creek. Let me go see what's over there. Um, and as you find golden feathers, Claire can climb and fly further. So it really encourages just a lot of running around and seeing things. And it has this lovely feeling of tranquility and like lazy, long summer days and exploration. It's mm. so good. It makes- oh, I'm sorry. Is it possible to just like you said that? there is a path that takes you to the peak, but is it possible to actually just do that without doing any of the diversions? It is not because you need uh, golden feathers yeah, to climb up to thinking. the peak. Yeah. yeah, and e- you need a lot of them. Yeah, each golden feather is kind of like a the ability to do another little double jump, essentially. And it almost mm-hmm. has a Celeste-like mechanic because- It's a lot like endurance in Breath of the Wild as well. Oh yeah, that too. But it basically, like each one gives you another little hop, and then when you run out, your jacket changes colors, which remi- <laughs> that's what reminded me of Celeste. Oh. Yeah. Um, and then you're like unable to, but like, it's more like, it just doesn't feel like this is the big quest you have to do. It just feels like there are a bunch of diversions that some of them will give you feathers, some of them won't, but you will probably enjoy doing them. Yeah. Gosh. It's just so lovely. I played it while I was watching TV, and it oh. was just a lovely little time. What are the little quests like? What are What do they often involved. Silly things like there's a person who has a big shovel and they're building sandcastles and Claire's like what are you doing with that big shovel? Can I have it? And they're like no I need to build sandcastles and she's like you know they make small shovels too. (laughs) And the person's like what? Well if you find one let me know. Um, And so I did end up you know I was running around uh, looking for shells on the beach and I found a little shovel and I was like aha ha 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 Oh, there's a there's a couple of kids and they're playing a game which you can join them and it's called beach ball and it is basically like beach volleyball but you hit the ball with like a beach ball with sticks. (laughs) 
so that's what the sticks are for. Yeah. I, I love, need to find that. Oh my God. It's it's actually kind of hard because it's all the way, like keep going the other way from your aunt's cabin mm-hmm. and it's around the edge of the island. It is so actually really fun because the timing is extremely forgiving. Okay. And it feels like it's meant to be like this is a relaxing thing and not like this is a super hard challenge. Yeah. And it's just really nice because it's like, oh, this feels like how kids play and make up their own rules and just be like really silly. And I was like, I don't know, it, the writing and essence of this game captures childhood so well. Yeah. I miss when summer summer felt really long and like yeah. a summer day felt endless because your concept of time is so yeah. different. And it's just like, damn, I could fill this day up with so much shit. Yeah, and you do. It's all nothing, as Nicole says in in her impressions piece. But it's all, it has value because you're enjoying it. Mm. Do you feel compelled? Sorry, do you feel compelled to, like, make it to the peak? Because something about Animal Crossing, which was the point of comparison you both made and a lot of other people have made, is like, yeah, there is this ostensible goal. You're supposed to pay off your house. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't really matter because it's really fun to just make friends and do little missions for them, little like errands mm-hmm. and stuff. But do you guys feel like, okay, I do need to at some point make it to the top of this mountain? Yeah, because it almost like because the trails naturally lead you that way and my curiosity led me that way. Yeah. And I wanted to see what it was. Mm-hmm. Um and since the game actually like changes a little bit and becomes like actually a thing with a little bit of a challenge trying to get to the peak, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh man, <laughs> that that was actually when I started trying to get to the peak in earnest was when I was uh, like looking to shut the game down for the night, and I was like, well, I should get to the peak, I guess, since you know that's the whole point of this game. And mm-hmm. Chelsea said she only played it for like. A, a little more than an hour, and you managed to get to the peak. Well, so it was like oh. almost two. So okay, almost two. It set my steam when I finished set a hundred and ten minutes. So so that's basically like you beat it. Yeah, I beat it. Oh mm-hmm. wow, it's short. It's blessedly short. Yeah. Like, uh, and I feel like I could certainly go back to it at any time, but I don't like. It's like oh, if I wanted that nice diversion, if I wanted that feeling of a nice sunny day again, I could. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, I did not end up beating it because I did not have enough golden feathers. But that was the only time when I was about to shut the game down and I was like, I should beat it before I do that, uh, that I felt really compelled to finish it, as it were. Yeah. Um, and again, I did not. And then my finger, my thumb started hurting. So I stopped <laughs> anyway. <laughs> how, many, how many golden feathers did you end up with? Eight. That is, I beat that game with that number. Cool. So you can do it at this point. I would like to know what path you took up the. I will peak. tell you in a non-spoilery way later. Excellent. Because oh, I wonderful. It's really rewarding to get to the top, and I want you to see it. Mm. Cool. I'm yeah. super stoked to play this now, especially that I know it's that freaking short. It's it's, it's so weird, right? <laughs> You're like, oh, a game I can beat in two hours and see the thoughtful conclusion of. Yeah. Yep. Once you guys started talking about like mission type things, I was like, mm. no. I mean, like, that's They're why barely missions. It's like yeah. the most gentle missions. Like, you're collecting seashells for a little animal, and they are like, I guess you could do this. Like, and they're really sassy to you. This dialogue is so <laughs> cute and sassy. It's very cute. It's really well written because, like, the character kind of reacts to things. It's like, why would I? Why would I do it this way? Or like, why are you guys sold out of stuff at the general store? Things like mm-hmm. that, where it's like. 
where a normal video game character at, like would assume all the situations exist at that reasoning. The, this character, uh, Claire, just is like a normal girl. Yeah. Oh, I like that. A normal bird. Also, I guess it is literally called a short hike. So mm-hmm. I don't yeah. know why I'm like, wow, and so short. Uh, well, Allegra, what did you play this week? So I have been prepping for my travels to the desert of Nevada. So I've been very busy. And also every time I go to play my Switch, it's dead. But I- Charge your Switch. And then I'm like, I thought I charged this thing. Throws back in backpack, continues not to charge it. Um, But I went up to Connecticut this weekend and hung out with some friends. And we were playing Super Smash Brutaires, which I was very excited to try because um, my friends have all the DLC characters. And I was super stoked to try out. I hadn't tried Hero yet from Dragon Quest, and I had not tried Banjo and Kazooie. Um, and I was especially excited to play with Banjo and Kazooie because I have a very, I have a strong fondness for them. Uh, I think maybe I've talked about this on the show or on Polygon or both before, but the very first video game I ever, like console game that I ever played was Banjo-Kazooie yeah. on the N64, which I played at like a Toys R Us demo kiosk when I was kiosk. like- yeah. Kiosk? Mm-hmm. Is it? <laughs> no, I think it's kiosk. No, okay. I don't know why it's a kiosk. <laughs> I thought that you were just adding a little well, spice. Well, hold kiosk. on. Where, what was the first time you read the word kiosk? Because I, rem- I remember. I don't remember that. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember that. Where did that. you learn the word kiosk? I don't know. I don't know. I'm reading, but I don't know what. Uh, for me, it was in a Babysitter's Club book. Oh. oh. Yeah. So mall-related it was in a, I believe it was in a zoo in a Babysitter's Club book. Um, and they had different kiosks for different parts of the zoo. I think it was Marianne and the Zoo Mystery. Um, <laughs> just saying. So, uh, well, clearly I didn't read on. that. I cannot remember. Um, I, I love that you have the recall to know when you learn certain words. because I, I remember actually two words I learned from Babysitter's Club. And the other is chaos. And I remember because <laughs> I was reading it aloud to my mom and I mispronounced it. And she was like, hmm, hang on a minute. <laughs> I remember. Chaos? <laughs> I, I remember when so. I learned the the term son of a gun <laughs> because it was in, I think, The Outsiders. And my teacher was obsessed with me and was a creep. What? But that's a different story. And he made me read aloud. Yowza. And it's it was spelled all as like one thing, son of a gun. And I think I said Sono Fagan. Oh, he no. was like, what is a Sono Fagan? Uh, hold up. <laughs> Oh, it was bad. Oh, my oh, God. Oh, man. Reading. Okay. So <laughs> do you want to hear why my yes. mom never took me? My mom took me to a parent and child Bible study one, one <laughs> yes, time. Yes, I do. And I never went back. And here's why. I mispronounced the word Gentiles. <laughs> what oh, did you no. say? Genitals. Oh, no. Jews and genitals. <laughs> yeah. So he was re- leading the genitals across <laughs> Egypt. This is Old Testament. Yeah. Uh, I didn't want to go to Bible study anyway, and my mom and I lost it in the car later because I had never encountered that word before, and I just (laughs) went with, like, what I thought. Yep. It does look like genitals. That's what I was like, and I was nervous to read aloud to begin with, and then my mom, and, like, she was like, yep, definitely not genitals. But we thought, she thought it was really funny. (laughs) That's good, And nobody in the class corrected me, which is great, so I read a whole passage about the genitals. Oh, no! 
Okay, so well, anyways, moving so on to blessedly, your kiosk. I'm so blessedly, sorry. At this kiosk, there were no gen- gentiles or genitals involved because Banjo Kazooie is a completely uh, devoid of religion and devoid of anything not quite family friendly. Um, <laughs> but that game came out obviously back when. Um, Nintendo and Rare had a very good relationship. And I remember because that game was so meaningful to me, I really liked the world of it. it it's basically a Super Mario 64 kind of ripoff, but it's still good. You're collecting these little jigsaw pieces and these stupid little monster things mm-hmm. that I hated and I can't remember their names right now. And you're trying to go defeat the evil witch Grundy. And it was just like this very fully developed world that I was very attracted to and I loved the design of Banjo and I loved the mechanic of Kazooie, you know, popping out of his backpack to help him jump further and fly a little bit. So, you know, Rare ended up going to Microsoft when I think with the Xbox, right? Like right when the Xbox came Mm -hmm. out. And that was really sad because I remember thinking, oh, I would love to play Banjo-Kazooie game on my GameCube, you know, but never to be they no only more. went to xbox 360 for shame i mean you can always play ukulele no <laughs> i'm not gonna do that you know but it's really cool when you know with smash brothers ultimate they were teasing there's gonna be five dlc characters and everyone's been cheering for banjo kazooie for years because the original game does have this and its sequel banjo tv have this connection <laughs> well, to nintendo 64 it's just so interesting to me that sakurai was like fine fans you want ridley okay you want banjo kazooie okay i'm just gonna give you everything you want and i think it's cool though because microsoft was like all right like we don't have any competing game everyone loves smash brothers this is probably beneficial for us mm-hmm. here you go like that was cool it's cool to see that and i was honestly really excited when banjo Joe Kazooie were announced. So I got to play as them. And I don't like playing as them at all. <laughs> I really don't. What? I was with my friend and I was like, these guys are like suckier duck hunts. Suckier like duck hunts. Suck I hunt. don't like suck hunt. Where's the title? Ooh, that sounds weird, Simone. I don't like that mm-hmm. we said that it's just now. It's too bad it's the title. Well, I'm not going to say it again. But anyway, so <laughs> uh, it sounds real weird. But And also their alt costumes are weird. And I don't know. It was hard to really get a sense of how to use them. Maybe because it's weird to try and figure out Kazooie in tandem. He doesn't just help, or actually she, excuse me, I don't want to misgender her. She doesn't just help Banjo fly. She also can like peck things, which is true to the game. But I'm still kind of just sort of button mashing, trying to figure out the special attacks and stuff. The mechanics of Kazooie. Yes. And I was just, I couldn't really get a handle on it. And I didn't feel like they had very good range. And I was totally creamed by my friend who was playing as Hero from Dragon Quest. Was your friend, like, not giving you the time to figure out the buttons? Yeah, not really, because we were both... He was trying to figure out Hero also. He hadn't really played Hero. So that kind of just involved us both button mashing and then hitting each other, (laughs) you know? So it wasn't really like, oh, I'm going to stand here and try stuff out and you stand there. It was really just like, I'm going to face you and you're going to face me and we're going to be hitting our buttons to see what happens. And then whoever figures things out first will win. Yep. And And it was not you. It was was not me. But it was strange because then we switched and I played as Hero and he felt similarly where he was like, I don't really like Banjo-Kazooie, but Hero 
was pretty also weird, but I kind of liked it. Heroes all like, so I read a story that I edited that was why one of our freelancers about how Heroes actually a couple of tournaments have banned him yeah. because he's so random. All of his spells basically just kind of add this random element. We literally do not know what spell you might be pulling out. Yeah. So Because it's weird. So Hero comes from Dragon Quest and they want to kind of bring in the turn-based nature of it, like the attack menu. So I think it's the down B, one of the B moves brings up like the classic attack window. Mm. Yeah. And then you have a selection of four different spells and yeah it's pretty random and then you're supposed to like really quickly try and choose one which also is kind of confusing I don't like that yeah so it was confusing but it was also like when I figured it out like when I could choose fast enough I was like oh that was unexpected like that was kind of cool and strong but um and also I like that hero it's not just like color swaps it's like it's the hero from Dragon Quest Twelve and the hero from Dragon Quest Eight and the hero from like Dragon Quest Three or Is something. Dragon Quest Twelve a game yet? Oh, Tra- yeah. Sorry, Dragon Quest Eleven. <laughs> <laughs> the hero from Dragon uh, Quest Twelve coming out soon. No, sorry, Dragon so Quest Eleven. That's so exhausting to think about. Yeah, um, it's just like all kind of different fantasy men with different haircuts. The Dragon Quest Eight ones are really the same cute. Haircut. Oh, he has a little really? bandana. He has like a do rag thing going on. It's great. Not even a bandana. It's literally a do-rag. Oh, he does look cute. Yeah, he's adorable. Do- okay, okay. During the moment, the time that Chris Plant and I saw the direct early, and I know no, neither of us know uh, the E3 direct early, mm-hmm. uh, neither of us really know about Dragon Quest, and so I wrote down in my notes, um, other Dragon Quest characters, question mark, question mark. Like, it was <laughs> so... I'm sure Mike McWhorter was mad at you guys. I know, I told him what I thought they were, <laughs> which is, I was like, okay, so I think it's the heroes from other games, but it was, like, not obvious because it wasn't even narrated. It was just, like, they're there. It was just, Dragon like, Quest! And I was like, well, I know what a slime is. That's all Mike really <laughs> cares about. Not enough slimes Not with enough this character slimes. is how I feel. Oh my god, a slime. I want to oh, fight with the slime. I know. That's good to know. I'm sorry you were disappointed in the Banjo-Kazoo. What I will Banjo-Kazoo. <laughs> what I will say is that uh seeing them, you know, high res playing with a I was playing with a GameCube controller, playing mm-hmm. with a GameCube controller as them did fulfill that desire of mine as a kid to did- play them on a new Nintendo console. Did you play on their stage? Uh, I think we did a random stage, actually. So I watched... After the long Nintendo Direct a couple weeks ago, they had a special additional presentation from oh, Sakurai yes. who was showing details and he showed all the other characters are like in the background of the stage. Oh, huh. I didn't see so that. So the little, cool. what's the little girl's name? Oh, I don't remember. Okay. Well, the little girl bear thing is there. Yeah. And uh, like all the other cute characters that I don't remember the names of, but I know Aww. that you have some attachment to. Yeah. Here's the thing though. So I went back and played Banjo-Kazooie like... I got a Nintendo 64 when I was eight, I think, because my parents got divorced. So that means you get to get stuff now. I got a TV. I got a Nintendo 64. I got some new Pokemon games. It was great. Wow. So anyway. (laughs) Also, everyone at this in this group has divorced parents. Yeah. You you guys know. I got nothing. (laughs) I mean, I also got years of depression. Actually, no, I did get financial aid. Oh, Mm -hmm. great. Yeah. Thanks, the United States government. Exactly. Um, So aside from the mental health issues I inherited, I got video games. And when I really got to play 
uh, Banjo-Kazooie with like mm-hmm. dedicated time and not just by visiting the Toys R Us kiosk all the time. I realized it's a pretty shitty game because it is so of its era where the camera controls are horrible. Yeah. So bad. And by the time I got an N64, the GameCube wasn't quite out, but it was like a year away or seven months away or something. Mm-hmm. So we had very much evolved past those shitty cameras. And I was like, ooh, this is like unplayable. Mm-hmm. But I still have a fondness for it. Oh, yeah. I think the characters are adorable, but I never want to play that game again. That's why we need a new modern one. Yeah. Better camera, right? Yeah, that was, that's why I found uke- ukulele so annoying because I was like, you guys made like every point of this like you you copied the frustrating parts too instead of making them modern right Mm -hmm. exactly well this seems like a good point to take a break well we have a third topic this week and it is one that we all did together although not together literally in the sense that we were all together but we have all watched the hbo show barry so congrats to us Yay. Yay. You guys were a little behind the curve. A little so year what? or so. So what? A couple You're years. You're still rock stars. I started it actually on my way back from Italy. Um, I When I got to my hotel room in Naples and had internet, and I was like, maybe I'll start watching Barry. And I did. And I definitely found myself very uh, sucked in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe for those of us uncultured swines yes, who listen, for you uncultured swine, give us or a people who don't pay for HBO, a Bill <laughs> Hader show about a hitman named Barry who stumbles into an acting class while um, tracking down a target, and he's like, "Oh, acting, acting, acting," um, and he decides to give it a go. So it's this tension between him. Uh, continually being pulled back into being a hitman by the various shady folks that he's involved with while also trying very hard to break away from that and seriously pursue a career as an actor Mm. um, in Hollywood. And that's what the show is. Yeah. And it's interesting because it is a weird like comedy drama. It, It is one of those comedies of escalation almost where they're always in a terrible spot and it's like, how will they get out of this terrible spot? Honestly, yeah. There's a lot of writing hijinks going on where they pull out things that do you, you really wouldn't think were possible. I just learned that they do not have a full season plan when they start writing. That's oh, nuts. really? What the hell's up with that? I don't know. They just like to write themselves in corners and then write themselves out of the corner. It's wild because thinking about that, season one ended in a horribly tight corner. Mm-hmm. They will not say and season two also ended in a horribly tight corner. And I'm I'm shocked to hear that because, like, dang, I yeah. don't know how the heck you get out of these things. No. But uh, they do a good job. They do a good job. I really, I very much, like, I didn't really think about Bill Hader's range. I've never really considered him that way. I was like, oh, he's in some good comedies. And I didn't really realize, like, holy crap. Yeah, dude's range is wide. <laughs> wide, wide. And he's, like, writing in the show and directing some episodes and producing like I'm like okay you have like quite a bit going on yeah and like Barry isn't this Barry's not very funny you know like he's not a funny dude he's a very very disturbed dude like he was a Mm -hmm. soldier he has really bad PTSD and Bill Hader has to play him as this like straight man grappling with all these horrible things who also yeah does have this 
dream of being an actor that, you know, is being realized, but also he's not a very good actor and he's very, very yeah. dramatic. <laughs> oh. It's a great, great performance because it's so much about the expression a lot of the times. I, I think all my, my other favorite performance is Henry Winkler. Who, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't remember the last thing I've seen Henry Winkler in, but he is like playing this very fantastic like over the top ridiculous acting coach who is like understands acting but is also part hack and is selling his own book. Yeah. But he just like plays it with such amazing depth and like commits to the character so much that you're just like, wow, everybody commits to the really, really strange character choices and everyone in the class is terrible and I love how well they all play terrible actors. Yeah. I absolutely love all the terrible actors in the class. Yeah. What is the name of the actress who also is on A Good Place? Oh, um, Darcy Carden. She's fantastic yeah. because she's like, like a very much second fiddle character who is always like, like kind of understudy to everyone. And I just love how well she plays Darcy. Like Darcy plays this character. I don't yeah. even remember the character's name because she's like such a wallflower. There's a lot of really great, just poking fun at Hollywood and at acting and how ridiculous acting is, and then also bad actors <laughs> and then there, there is also some legitimate like looking into the the perils the, the trials and tribulations of trying to break it in Hollywood mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I forget what Barry's girlfriend Sally loved. Sally um, because Sally is like the one person in the class who actually has some prospects uh, so you know she goes through yeah getting agents and trying to get actual parts and doing auditions. And so it's interesting to see her like trying and very much failing with that stuff, but also yeah. like how it affects her relationships with people in the class and Barry um, and Jean Cousineau, who is Henry Winkler's character. Yeah, there's great this name. great scene in season two where Sally is meeting with a, a, a writer uh, who's, or yeah, a producer who's working on a show that she's being considered for a part on. And it's this like intense meeting. She's jumped through a lot of hoops to get there and Barry's waiting for her in the lobby. And a director walks by and sees him and he's like, you're 6'3"? All right, here's my card. Because <laughs> he's a tall, decent-looking, not freakish-looking guy. And it's like, yeah, might have a use for you. Versus, and Sally's yeah. like, what? And oh, Sally's my God, trying what? her darndest. My yeah. favorite part of that is that he keeps correcting them because he's like, they're like, you have a part in a feature. And he's like, yeah, a movie. <laughs> yeah. And he's just like, there's a lot of like nice commitment to like character choices in there and like mm -hmm. the commitment of that one specifically of him continually calling in a movie instead of a feature, which yeah. is like there look, we have done all the things and we're gonna use the correct terms. He's like, No, it's a movie. Yeah, because yeah. he's like not of that world. No, not at way. all. He's, he's of the world of killing people really well. Ugh, yeah. I will say the okay, so the parts of the show that stress me out the most are not the murders that are committed. It is all the auditions. <laughs> yeah. There's like, a, like as a former theater kid and person who currently uh, in theater, watching auditions where there's the potential to just totally bomb is so grueling for me. And all I want every time there's a scene where Barry or Sally is acting is for that scene to go really, 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 really well. Yeah. <laughs> really well. Blah. Tripping over my words. Um, but so, uh, nothing goes well for them. Uh, no. Sometimes no. things go 
well, but there have been a lot of times. I think that there was one particular audition in season two where I had to pause it and then look up what happened. <laughs> so I was like, no, I'm too nervous. Oh, my oh, God. Those are the times where I will pull out my phone and instantly start looking at something else while the thing is happening in the background yeah. because that kind of awkwardness like also gives me the just like, Ugh, I can't, it's it makes the same my... in Mrs. Maisel when in season one when her husband is doing stand up and totally bombing. Mm. I paused it and then I was like, "No, there's nothing is going to make this better. You know it's going to go badly. You sh- put it on, leave the room if you have to, but just let it play. <laughs> let you, it play out." Do you guys think you could go to like a really amateur uh, stand up night and absolutely just absolutely in... not? No, no I would die. I've I w- definitely been um, to like improv shows or stand up where maybe someone's opening or there's like a cast of people who are really funny and then one or two odd ones out and it is so uncomfortable and I feel so bad and I'm not as prone to like cringing like I'm fine with cringe comedy but it's mm-hmm. like oh I feel so bad no yeah I like literally just have like an empathy crisis and want to throw up yeah yeah honestly this is kind of weird but you know like Joker the movie that's coming out <laughs> um, <laughs> You know, the, the Batman character. So the character, like the way they're reworking him in the movie is that um, Joker is Arthur Fleck, who's this like aspiring stand up and no. like really. And he's just like not a well person at mm-hmm. all and is like not successful in anything he does. And that's the part that's making me the most anxious for this incredibly violent, like incel courting movie is that yeah. I don't want to see him on stage getting booed. I just no. don't want to see And I'm like not sympathetic toward this guy otherwise, but it's like, oh no, it's going to be so uncomfortable and awkward and sad. It's the worst. Ugh. Well, Barry, I feel Sorry, like doesn't have as- inspiring comics. Yeah. <laughs> Barry doesn't have as many of those moments, I no. hope. Like, no. Like, can push your limits. We just made it sound super stressful oh. for everyone who has secondhand I mean, it's stressful in other ways, to be sure. Oh my, I think, okay, but there's one episode that has the most amazing, like, there's also some amazing action sequences and character pushing sequences, and I'm thinking about, like, specifically the- episode related to the, the little girl mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. little girl like is one of the most interesting episodes of television because it's just balls to the wall it's pretty wild uh, it's a wild sorry. scene yeah it's uh, like 12 minutes or something it's like very long it's very long and and like that was the only one where i've stuck around to watch the like making of that hbo shows afterwards because i was like where did this i can't believe you don't watch the hbo makings of (laughs) oh my god they put them there for a reason chelsea so that i can learn about the makings of but sometimes i just want to watch the next episode simone but Mm. after that one i felt like i needed to take a break because i felt like all of my adrenaline had been used up but uh like finding a young like an eight-year-old that is good at stunts is such a yeah, that it's was so cool. it's honestly funny too. It's like this little girl just is relentless, and I think isn't she wearing like a taekwondo? She's uniform yeah, wearing or something? a yeah a karate gi the yeah. whole time, and just <laughs> comes at them like an animal. Mm-hmm. It's very good. It is such a good episode of television, and now I understand why everyone keeps has been tweeting after after Game of Thrones and the people that stuck around and watch Barry. Why they were like, why is why aren't more people watching Barry? It's great. It's so good. Yeah. You're I'm right. So glad you guys both like it. Can't wait for season three. Well, that's our show for this week. Thank you for listening. If you liked it, please do review it on Apple Podcasts. Cause I personally, me, Simone de Rochefort, super appreciate that happening. And please do share it with your friends as well so that they can enjoy it too. Thanks for listening. This has been the Polygon Show. Bye.